That's a blessing. I like singing like that. Also, like, I think it's Rachel that uh, you stood up and said no. That's good. Now you know what it's going to take to get her. You ain't. <laughs> if you don't match that book, man, I'm telling you what, take your Bibles, go to uh, Isaiah. Isaiah first. If you, if you don't match that book, you can hang it up, man. I, I, these girls, uh, I was, when, uh, if, if she hadn't said that, I'd have went over and got him. Uh, you, ain't gonna, I just, you, don't wanna, you don't wanna see young ladies get messed up. I mean, they, they're, they're coming through life and they're getting it. Isaiah chapter 46, they're coming through life and the Lord gives you an opportunity to help some people sometime. And what's wrong with most of us is we just never learned how to help somebody unless we get something out of it. And uh, you're not going to get stuff out of it all the time. Sometimes you're just going to do the right thing and you'll be done. Isaiah chapter 46, uh, verse 8 says, Remember this and show yourselves men. Now, ladies, this is for you too. So you just throw the, we're going to change the word of God here just a hair. Uh, if it says men, y'all can throw women in there too. Women. We'll put the woe on there. Uh, remember this and show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. I love that, man. Every time I read that, I'm like, this is great. Uh, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, I do pray that you'd bless the morning message. And Lord, more, more than anything, just bless the reading of your word. And, and Lord, thank you for being who you are. Uh, that we can trust. Even then we can't see, Lord, we know that you have control of the whole thing and we can trust you. Uh, Lord, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Thank you for a book that we're holding in our hands today. And Father, bless the morning service and those watching on, on, on the outside of the church. And Father, we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen. I like, I like that passage in Isaiah. I like the Lord. I like, I like people who tell me what they're going to do and then do it. Uh, I had somebody the other day said, are you threatening me? No, I don't threaten. I do. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. It may take me a while to do it, but it's going to get done. Uh, it has to fit into the schedule. Um, we went up the uh, sun, uh, Thursday. Mike, Mike, the gate up there, man, that's a perpetual gate from hell. Uh, but Mike called me up here and said, could you come look at this gate? And for him, I did it. I, I didn't do it for anybody else. Uh, but but I, I told him I would, and I was hoping he'd forget, and he wouldn't. I, you know, He's older than I am. I was hoping dementia or something would set in, and he'd forget all about me, but but he didn't, so I went up there the other day. We got the thing fixed. Hopefully it'll work for a while, and we won't have to go back. But, but you know, uh, I told you know what God, I told him I could fix anything. So he goes and tells her I can fix anything. Now he puts me on the spot where I got to fix it or else I'm mud. But I'm telling you what, when I read my Bible and I get to the Lord, he says, I am the Lord, and there is none like me. I love Isaiah. I love, I love Job 41. I, you hear me say it all the time, but man, I'm telling you, of all the passages in the Bible, uh, I like them all, but man, Job is good too. Job 41, when he starts talking about Leviathan there, and he says, Mike, basically, I throw everybody else in. You ever interject yourself in the Bible? I just inter interject myself right there. That's me. He's, I'm the guy who's trying to you know, fight the devil with a squirt gun and all that other stuff. And the Lord says, you're, you're a moron. You're crazy. You're going to die. Uh, but he goes, I play with him as a bird. Like I just flick him off out into the eternity somewhere out there. He says, I can do anything. He says, you can't. When I come across a passage like this and he says, he says, I, I am God and there is none else. There is none like me. I'm like, Lord, there's something said in that. Malachi 1.1 says this, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you. You know, Lord loves you today. 
boy, we are, sometimes us Baptists, man, especially independent fundamental King James Bible-believing Baptists, we hate the word love because it makes it, it's like gushy, ooshy, mushy thing. The Lord says he loves me. I'm glad he loves me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Well, if you're going to start looking at how God loved you, you need to go into your Bible and find some people that God loved and their reaction back to God. You'll get two reactions in life. You'll get one that, one that people say, I don't understand why God did that to me and why he allowed that. It doesn't matter to me. I'm telling you right now, I don't really care. Not necessarily you to me. Uh, I lost my Bible the other day, and I mourned for about 30, 40 minutes. Uh, and, well, I br- tried to bribe Esther. I told him in Sunday school class that it fell off the car. It was best fault. Uh, and, and it was really best fault. She drove off. She didn't maintain the... Tim, if you're an airplane, don't y'all check the wings and everything, make sure they're all there before it flies away? She should have went around her van and looked, make sure there wasn't none on top of the van or anything. Uh, and she didn't, so my Bible slid off. But, but I sit there and said, Lord, I really need that Bible. And the next door neighbor the next day brought it, two couple days later, brought it back over here just like it was when it fell off the car. And you say, what is that? That's the Lord taking care of it. He can do anything. Uh, to him, to him, that book is no less important than, than the universe is. Uh, we can't understand that because we think that things to us are more important than it is to us. Brethren, we got to get away from our thinking. It, we need to start thinking like he thinks. And the only way you can do that is sometimes step back and just say, he's in charge, I'm not. Lord, what should I do? And wait for the answer. The answer will come if you wait. The problem is, is we get ambitious and we say, oh, anxious, I got to go do something. Uh, chances are, if you go to go do something, you're going to do it wrong. Ecclesiastes 1, I'm going to just read a couple of verses. I'm going to talk about a man here in a second. The thing that has been is that which shall be. And, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no thing, new thing under the sun. A man once said this, that if it's true, it's not new. And if it's new, it's not true. They're all coming out with all this new stuff. New, 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 new. There is nothing new under the sun. That's what Solomon, one of the wisest men that ever lived, said. There's nothing new. Take your Bible, go to Psalm 24. We're going to stay there for a little bit. Psalm 27, excuse me. I'm sorry. Close. David, this Psalm, David, is uh, the way it starts out. He, verse 1 there, it says, uh, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Uh, David had got a place in his life where he realized that it was God he's trusted. God, David had men all around him, Joab. Uh, he had all kinds of men of Belial, the devil. He had, he had people all around him that weren't right with God. Yet David's heart was always right with God. And in this passage right here, it gives you the impression that David is away from the house of God. He's away from everything. Uh, and about the only time you ever find that is when Saul's chased him. It starts with Doag, and uh, Saul's trying to kill him, throwing javelins at him. And David has to leave just to save his life. And he does because he doesn't want to fight Saul. He's already said, I'm not. But I'm telling you what, there's, there's a thing about authority that most people never get. Here's David. He was anointed by God to be the next king in Israel. But he's going to be the king when God says be the king. Not when you think you should be the king. You know what that is? That's authority. You know what David gives you the perfect picture? Somebody who's not going to rebel against authority, even if the authority is wrong. I think, I think we got some people in our government today that's wrong. And we're living in a world, we're living in a world that is out of, they're out of their minds. They're doing the craziest things you, on both sides. It's not one side. And you got to live in this thing. You know how you're going to live in it? You're going to trust God. If you don't, you'll go crazy. 
or you'll, you'll chunk and compromise the Lord Jesus Christ in your life to do what one side or the other side says. You can't do both sides. It can't be done. I would like to say you could, you could find a place to mingle in this thing. You can't. You've got to find a place where you can make some money, you can live and survive and take care of your family without it affecting you. Because if you let this thing affect you, you're going to go crazy. It'll, it'll drive you up a wall. I tell you what, it will. When the Lord says, I am, the, I am God and there is none like me, title of this message is, there's none like me. Tell me somebody who's like God. You know what David found out? There isn't. He went out and started running, and uh, Saul was after him. He went into the temple, and he found uh, Goliath's sword. Well, it's his sword, really. I mean, he, he went out. He was the one who chopped the head off of Goliath with that sword. Uh, he was the one who, who uh, drug it around like this and had the head in one hand, the sword in the other hand, and out there fighting other people. Philistine's probably running away from this kid. I mean, could you imagine here he comes with a sword that's like five miles? We got a flagpole yesterday, me and Jonathan and Andrew. Uh, went over to this guy's house, and, and he, said, uh, he said, I got this flagpole. It's a aluminum flagpole, man. It's a nice one. I was thinking of you, George, when I, when I got this thing. This thing's like 35 feet tall, and uh, it's aluminum at the bottom. It's like four inches at the bottom, and it tapers all the way down to the top, and it's got a little ball at the top. And it was in his front yard right where his house is, right, right there, right where you go in the front door. And, and the string come off of it. He couldn't find nobody to put string back on it, so he just wanted to get rid of the flagpole. And he put it on Facebook for 75 bucks. I said, I'll go get it. So I look at it, and I'm like, I can get that out of the ground. I think I can. And we go over there, and between Andrew, Jonathan, and myself, we come up with this plan. And we got it out of there. But when it was done, I laid it on my trailer, and on the freezer was on my trailer, too. And it looked like a, uh, something out of the Knights of the Round Table, man. It looked like I was jousting as I was going down the road. And I had this big joust thing out, out the front of my van. And I was thinking, you know, here's, here's David. He's running around with his sword and his head of Goliath. And he come up to a Philistine. That, that's their champion. There's a head of their champion right there. I would have taken off running about that point. I wouldn't have hung out to let him have two heads in his hand. And he's sitting there swinging the sword with one hand and the head in the other. And Saul, the whole time, sees this thing and then starts fearing David. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be a little bit better or a lot better than you. You need to understand that. Uh, you, Dr. Peacock always says uh, that in a bag of chips, too. You're not everything, and nor am I. And I understand that. I'm okay with that. You know what God wants you to do is walk this life. The world wants you to be better than somebody else, and they're always trying to get us to compete with somebody else. You compete for jobs. You compete for this. You, can, you go out to buy a house now. You compete with 47 other people. Before you can get it, you used to be able to go, look, I'll give, you, I'll give you this much money for that house. I'll take it. Shake your hands. You're done. Now it's not that way anymore. Now you've got 47 different people involved in it to get you something. David, David never was that way. David took off running when Saul started trying to kill him. And he ran for quite a while trying to do everything he could. And here he is away from God. In Psalm 20, 27, 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know what David learned through life? He learned that God took care of him. You know what Joab's problem was? He never learned that. You know what some of the other men, Mesa, all the rest of them, they never learned that. David got it. He goes, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There is a person on this planet that scares me. Now, I'm not going to go up to somebody who's twice my size and get in their face and, and start yelling and screaming at them uh, because they're liable to hurt me. I don't like to be hurt. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but please don't throw sticks and stones. I don't like sticks and stones. Uh, they hurt, man. But, but you don't have to fear anybody uh, in a sense of, of being trembling. 
Uh, the Lord has shown me that a long time, and he'll take care of me, or he won't. And if he doesn't, then maybe I need to do something. You say, what is it? Well, the other day, Mike said, hey, can you come up and fix that gate? I said, yeah, I'll come up here. And they gave me some money to fix it. It's amazing how all you got to do is go out, and you can make money a lot of different ways and survive. Beth was happy. She got a check. I wasn't too happy. She got more than I got. It's just never fair, man. You know life isn't fair. I'll tell you that right now. One thing about desire, he goes on down in verse 2, he goes, When the wicked, I want to get to verse 4, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes come upon me to eat me up, the whole time he's out there running, they're, they're just constantly trying to chase him down and kill him. Saul is so scared of David, he knows he's going to be the next king. You know what's sad about that is there's people out there who know what the will of God is. They know what the purpose of God is, and they're going to try to change it. And God said, I am it. You can't beat me. You would think that everybody would just submit to the mighty hand of God. They won't do it. I don't understand. There is none like me. You know what the problem with them people is? They never really came face to face to God. The Lord Jesus Christ has never revealed itself to him. I think, I think the Lord, when he sits there and says, remember this and show yourselves men. Bring in, back in Isaiah, you don't have to go there. Oh, you transgressors, remember, remember the former things. I never forget what he did for me. I never forget, man, we was down in Louisville and driving, and Beth, I took her down to Spaghetti Junction, and she was going freaking out because all the different roads. And I mean, she almost ended up in Indiana three or four times. Uh, and the bad part is if you go across that bridge, you've got to pay, pay to get back. I think you've got to pay to go over and pay to get back. But in any case, I mean, I said, yeah, I used to be here. I this run here. I lived here. I did this. I did that here. And I just remember where I was from and what God done for me and how he started convincing me that I got to get saved. And I got saved that night on the back porch, and, and he redeemed my soul. And then when I talked to my brother the other day, and Danny's just a mess, I mean, just a total mess. And I'm sitting there going, I used to be just like that. I wasn't that angry. But I said, I was, I was lost, man. And he's not lost. He says he's saved. But I said, I used to be like that, man. I remember exactly. Like Brother Paul was giving that testimony about all the years he's been married, and he remembers. And, and I, you never forget that stuff. If you ever forget that stuff, what you do is you start forgetting God. I remember God all the time. David, David remembered some things about God, and he knew that God would take care of him. He said, the Lord's already told me that he's going to get me through, and I'm going to be king. I don't need to make it happen. If you've got to make something happen, it's not God. God will, he's... I've been, I've been 65 years old. He's always opened doors for me to go through. Now, sometimes there's a couple, two or three doors open. Door number one, door number two, or door number three, and you might have to make a decision. It's really not a hard decision, by the way. It's very easy to make the right decision. That door. I know what that door is, and I know what that, that's the way I always did it. If I know what that is, that can't be it. If I know what that is, that can't be it either. I have no idea what that is. I like adventure. Do you like adventure? If I knew what everything was, it wouldn't be no fun. If you don't know what it is, it's like, that's got to be it. And you go through it and you go, why did I do this? Uh, uh. But years later, you look back and say, boy, I'm sure glad I did that. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. God's always directed my path. I don't know why he has done that. I wouldn't do it for me. I mean, I've never done anything special for him. But he's always done that. And I, I just keep going along with the flow. I've learned to let him have. Be still and know that I'm God. Just wait. Serious things, but that's a, that's a blessing. You know, a relationship is a serious thing. The moment you, you start into that relationship, you get your flesh involved. And the moment you get your flesh involved, you lose control. And your flesh takes over. And so the thing to do is never get into the relationship until you know the Lord is ready for you to get in a relationship. 
then you get into it. Or anything you do. You want a career? It's crazy saying where people go to college and they change their majors like 47 times. You know what that tells me? They never knew why they wanted to go to college. They just went to college to go to college. We had at one time, we had about 18 young people out of the church wanting to go to PBI, Bible college. And I, I talked them all out of it. I had preachers yelling at me and tell me I was backslidden and wicked and everything else. I said, no, they didn't. They thought they were just going to go have fun at someplace else. I said, hey, stay here and have fun. First of all, why would we want to lose all of our church to somebody else? I don't want to lose them. <laughs> I've done given, I've, I've put enough effort and time into them. They owe us. That's the way I look at it. I could be wrong. They might come up afterwards and rebel against me, but I was, I was going to say something, but I better not. I'll get in trouble. Then you get down to verse 4. Uh, 3 says, Though an host should encamp, David's out running. My heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. David is getting ready to tell you what the, the, the part of his life that made him a successful man is. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire at his temple. Father, again, thank you for your blessings today. Uh, Lord, this uh, little short passage here, I just pray that you'd uh, bless the reading of this word and bless the preaching of it. Lord, this is a key, key facet in our lives. If we could just get a hold of this, uh, Lord, it would change our entire lives. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for the Bible, Lord. Every verse in this, every, every word of God is pure. And Lord, uh, there is, uh, every jot and tittle is there for a reason. And, Lord, today we're focusing down on this verse. I just pray that you'd bless it now, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, David said, he starts this out, he says, one thing. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with most people. They're scattered. We scatter across everything in the whole world. I, I, I could never, I don't think I could ever go to college, uh, the type of college that everybody goes to because it, it's, it would drive me crazy. Uh, they sent me to Great Lakes, Illinois, and they sent me to ETA school. And I did 15 hours a day of nothing but mathematics and electronics. Mathematics and applied mathematics to electronics. It was two subjects, basically, mathematics and electronics. And I became very, very good at mathematics and electronics. <laughs> and I don't like to. Uh, that gate I was telling you all about, I, I was hoping that, that she would get her heart right and have a company come in and fix it. Uh, I did not want to spend time. I, didn't want, I did not want to think. And I told my wife, I said, I don't want to go up here and think. Because if I go up here, I'm going to have to think. And I said, if, if I start thinking, I won't quit thinking, but it hurts when you think at that, that level. Uh, you say, it's just a gate. No, there's circuit boards in there, and there's no drawings. Now, if you have no drawings, it would be trying to find God without a Bible, is what. I mean, everything you think you know right now without a Bible, how good would you possibly be? You couldn't be. Uh, and so here, he's got half of a drawing for one half of the gate, but the other half is gone. And that means i got to think. And I don't want to think. And number two, they're not going to pay me to think like I want to think. I tell them all the time, I told her one time, I said, you can't afford me. I said, LexisNexis paid me $408. Well, LexisNexis made $480 when I walked out the door. Or any one of their techs walked out the door. So if you're not going to pay me $485 an hour, I don't know if I really want to come. Well, she wasn't going to pay me $485 an hour. I'll tell you that right now. She did offer to buy me lunch. I think she only did that because she knew I was on a diet and I couldn't eat nothing they were going to get. That's what I thought. But no, she would have tried to figure out. She was, she's a nice lady. Don't, don't let me get you wrong. But... But when you sit there and look at it, it's just one thing. You need to focus in on one thing in your life and get good at that one thing. Uh, if you don't, I, I, I got a one-track mind. I can do a lot of things at one time, but I usually, I'm on a diet right now. And uh, I've had people say, well, I haven't heard from you for a while. Yeah, I'm on a diet. Well, I haven't heard anything from you because I'm on a diet. Uh, what are you thinking about on a diet? 
and I've got nine weeks left of this diet. It started 20, now I've got nine. I'm about to die, but I'm going to make it. Uh, that's all I'm thinking about is this diet. Every morning I wake up, what am I going to eat? Another bowl of cereal. That, it doesn't take very long, so it's not suffering really bad. It only takes a couple seconds. Joe knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's like this big. Uh, I'm talking about a bowl this big with this much cereal on the bottom, and most of it's milk, uh, almond milk. Almond milk on top of that. And I'm sitting there going, uh, half and half and all this other stuff that you don't want to eat. It's in that bowl, but it's only, it's only like that much. I mean, you might as well just drink it. I mean, there's not enough there for a spoon. It's not even worth getting a spoon dirty, uh, but it's working. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, it's almost over. It's almost over. It's almost over. It's almost, I got to talk myself into that every day. Every time I pass White Castle, every time I pass Burger King, every time I pass McDonald's, what I hate my mom down there, she won't eat the food at the nursing home or the hospital. So she asked me to go get her McDonald's. Now I got to go to McDonald's and order two hamburgers and a Coke and take it to her and I can't have it. I can smell it, but I can't have it. It's just not right. One thing. You know what you need to focus in on life is one thing. Uh, your Christian walk should be the thing you're focusing in on. Divided aims tend to distract. When you start dividing your, your things, you get distracted. I get distracted. Oh, I can't even tell you how bad I get distracted. Uh, I thank God the other day I was up there and I gave Mike left. I'm sitting there the whole time. Got me out here rolling around in the grass. And he's out there playing with some donkey. I really wasn't doing that. But you know what it was? He left so I could focus in on that thing. And it wasn't about an hour and a half, two hours. I went back there, and he's cutting. He's working in the back back there. And I said, hey, there's no hope for that gate, man. He goes, oh, no. I said, no. Yeah, I said, it's fixed. Let's just get out of here. Let's let go. And uh, I was ready to leave, and we had to do a couple other things. It took us about three hours to do everything. But you, when you start dividing yourself across a bunch of stuff, you can't get nothing done. And when you start taking your Christian walk and, and segregating it out over here and something else over here, pretty soon you can't get a single thing done. Divided aims tend to distract. Divided aims tend to weaken you. Because you'll get, you'll get all of a sudden you'll start doing this and doing this and doing this and doing this. You'll never get strong where you need to be. And divided aims lead to disappointment. You know what? I, I'm not disappointed about anything I've ever done in my life. Really, I'm not. I'm, I'm disappointed about some things I have done that I wish I could go back and change, but I can't. But I, I tell you what, the, for to, today at 65 years old, I'm glad that everything happened to me just the way it happened. Because I would not be here today if the Lord hadn't have done it that way. And if he hadn't have taught me what he has taught me along the way, it's not electronics. It's not all. It's him. It's about him. He says, Mike, I can do anything. Don't you understand that? You're, you're an idiot, and I got you through ETA school. That marvels me. I don't know about you, but you're not me. So you can't even. I know me. And I got through that school, and I don't understand that to this day. <laughs> I'm like, how did you do that? I said, when I went through high school, I was a C&D student. And I graduate, number one, mathematics and electronics. That's impossible. Yet I did one thing. You know what he did? He got me to focus on one thing. And all of a sudden, that one thing became everything. And when it became everything, I excelled at it. You know what happens when you think about one thing, which is Jesus Christ, and that's it? You'll excel at it. Everything you ever do will come into focus with Jesus Christ right down the center. Should I do that or should I not? I had somebody call me up and said, Mike, I got this problem. I'm like, okay, can I have some advice since you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if I take it or not, but you can, I'll give it to you. And he goes, blah, 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 blah. And I said, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, blah, blah, blah. And I said, blah, blah, blah. And blah, 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 blah. I said, wait a second. I said, brother, let me ask you a question. I said, what would Jesus have you do? He goes, I already know what he'd have me do. I said, why are you asking me then? Why don't you just do it? 
He goes, I knew you was going to say that. I'm like, then why did you even call me? You wasted my time and your time. Let's talk about the flat earth or something. <laughs> I mean, stupid. One thing. The man, here's a, here's a saying a man said this one time. The man of one book is absolutely, absolute in his thoughts. I got one book. I've got a lot of commentaries and everything, but man, I got one book. And this one book has got me through for 43 years. And this one book is going to get me through for the next 10 or 15 or however long it is. I got one book. I don't have 37 Bibles. I was talking to a brother here. He said, I got 30 Bibles. Fine. I got, I got about 15, 20, maybe 32. I got a whole bunch of my house. They all sit over on the shelf. I don't even care. This one's the only one I care about. I got one book. You know what? One book, it's absolute. This book changes my life. This is the only thing. If you want to come up and tell me something, that's fine. I'll listen to you. If you can show it to me in this book, I'll believe you. If you can't show me in this book, you made it up. I don't want to hear it. It ain't going to do, it ain't going to do me. Go do your thing. It ain't going to do me no good. Absolute in this thought. The man of one book. That means you're not divided. Divided. One thing. David was one thing. You know what David wanted to do? He wanted to be in the house of God. He wanted to be around God. That's what he wanted to be. He wanted to be God's chosen man. He wanted to be a man after God's own heart. Just because you want to be a something don't necessarily mean you're going to be that something unless you're willing to put your feet to the pedal to be that something. I was in electronic schools all over Louisville for probably four years before I went in the Navy. I wanted to be an electronic technician. But the Lord would never let me. I couldn't afford it. But there's something else I wanted to be, too, as a Navy chief. And you can't be a Navy chief unless you get in the Navy. So I had to go in the Navy to, to, to get that part of it. And you say, well, how did you do it in nine years? I did what the Lord told me to do. I had a single thought in mind. That was it. I'm going to be the best ET they ever seen in their life. I was telling somebody, we're taking out that flagpole, man. You ought to see some of my knots. Being in the Navy, that, I mean, that's like a knot thing. I mean, you should be able, everybody, if you're in the Navy, you should be able to tie a knot. Any sailor will tell you how to tie knots. I couldn't tie much shoestrings, man. I still, to this day, I like, I like the Velcro ones. I like these, my, uh, Alex and them's got some now, man. They got a little thing on the side you just twist. I'm like, that's cool too, man. I mean, I can twist something, but I mean, I can tie a knot in a shoestring. But I mean, maybe not. If you gave me something, the ships would all float away. They'd never, I'd never hold them to the pier front, man. I just wasn't that, I wasn't that kind of a sailor. But I'll tell you what I was. I was a real good ET. And they couldn't touch me. My uniforms were impeccable. I mean, when I walked on that ship, you knew ET-1 Elliot walked on board. I, I found my hat the other day from the USS Scott. That was 1985. On the front, it had, you know, the emblem. You see all these hats all over the place where they put that emblem on the front. It says, whatever. Well, mine says USS Scott, Hotshot Scott. And you turn around on the back, man. I had ET-1 Elliot hand stenciled in the back of my hat. I just ate up, man. I just ate up. Everything I had, I didn't just stencil it with a pen. It, it had stitches on it. And I'd sit down there in my birthday. People say, why would you do that? Well, everybody else out partying, getting drunk, everything else. They, had, they were divided. I wasn't divided. My, you know what my mind was? I'm going to be a sailor. I'm going to be the best sailor they ever seen. I won't ever learn how to tie knots. But I'm going to be the best sailor they ever seen. I'll chip paint. I used to do that stuff all the time. I got a piece of metal in my leg out there cleaning uh, paint off of a deck with a grinder, man, and shot a piece of metal through my pants. I didn't even know it was there. And they had to take me to the hospital and cut the thing out. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? I'll do anything. I just want to be a sailor. You know why Christians have a problem being Christians? Because they don't want to just be a Christian. That's all I want to be. I'm like David. David sitting there and said, one thing. Our affection should be bound up in one affection, and that affection is Jesus Christ. You shouldn't have an affection of anything else on this world 
Your affection should be on things above, not on things on this earth. You think Paul, Paul knew exactly what that thing was. He said, one thing have I desired. What is your desire today? David is just like, I love it, man. You know what he does? He really throws it right out just as basic as you could get. If you have struggles and you can't attain, have you ever desired something and you just can't get it? Well, just keep desiring it. <laughs> if it's right. If it's right. If it's not right, throw the thing out the window. You know, sometimes God won't give it. But I'll tell you what, man, he scares me. Ooh, man, does he scare me. Let's see if this is the rest of that verse. Yeah. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Have you ever thought that if God gave you what you want, what that would be? That scares me, man, because I know my heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can know it? I know it. I know, I know what Jeremiah says. I like my Bible. One thought, one thought. I like my Bible. And my Bible over there, Jeremiah says, your heart's wicked. I said, okay, I'm, I'm, agreement. I'm in agreement with you. And, and I desire things sometimes I can't have. And when I sit there, you guys sit there and say, Lord, 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 take this desire away. It's wrong. It's wrong. Take the thought out of my mind. I don't like that verse over here that says, bring every thought into captivity. I have struggled with that, man. Have you ever tried to do that? I'd be sitting there on a chair all day long trying to bring my whole mind into captivity and tossing it out the window. But Paul is, or, uh, David is sitting here. He said, one thing have I desired. I desired. What do you desire? David just wanted to be in the house of God. That's all he wanted to be. God judges us very much by the desires of our heart. Uh, what the world tries to do is put in your heart something that it, the devil wants you to start desiring after, go after. And it's always going to be something that's going to benefit you and not something else. Really, the benefit should be to the Lord. God takes, but you know what, what is a blessing about that? Sometimes you can desire something, you may never achieve it. God doesn't care about that. I like 2 Corinthians 9. It's, it's on money, but it says, Every man according as he had purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loved the, a cheerful giver. You know what God loves is a desire. If you're willing first to do something, he counts that as you've done it because you were willing to do it. Just because you can't do it doesn't mean that God's mad at you. If you're willing, if he put a thought in your mind and you, you have a desire in your heart, man, I tell you what, I'd love to be a, a great preacher. I, I think about that. I was reading an article about a preacher who got in trouble and and, uh, I'm, and they had a big church, three, four thousand, whatever. And I'm like, Lord, thank you for not letting me have three, four thousand. I said, I said, I don't have no idea where I'd be today if you'd have done that. I said, you give me, I'm, I'm glad you gave me a wife. I'm like, Brother Paul, man, I'm glad you gave me a wife and I got one that stuck with me for the years she stuck with me. You know what is a blessing is Darkest and Paul and Beth are, are almost just alike. I mean, they're, they're, they're perfect. I think they're all, I think all you ladies are perfect, but. But Beth is just, to me, she's just a perfect lady, man. She does everything she's supposed to do. But God takes the will. One thing have I desired. David had a desire in his heart as a little boy. And I can just imagine him coming all the way up through there, and he had a desire. And he, when he got to go serve the king, his brothers, he had, he had seven brothers, man, that treated him like dirt, scum. All David ever wanted to be was just he wanted to serve God. He wanted to serve his country. He wanted to serve his God. He wanted to just be the best David he could be. That little boy never had no idea in his mind that he was going to be, I'll tell you what, I bet you that freaked him out the day that Samuel anointed him king. <laughs> he goes on, David, David goes on. He goes, one thing have I desired of the Lord. Your desires have to be from the right place. Just because you have a desire doesn't mean it's of the Lord. And David had his desires of the Lord. 
The right target for desire is the Lord Jesus Christ. I look at everything I do anymore and say, Lord, what does it, what does it do to further your, your work here on this planet? Now, I've got to take care of my wife and kids and all that other stuff and take care of the church here and this, that, and the other. But when my desire comes right down to it and I want to do something, I want to do it for you, I said, it, it, the desire has to be right. I don't, I don't really care to go back in corporate America. I really have no desire to do that. I don't want to spend the time to do it. You're already there? Fine. Stay there. Boxes back there, tithe whenever you can. That's cool. Uh, be a, be a, a great citizen, a worldly citizen. I, uh, the Lord called me out of it. He's got me out of that. I don't really want to do it. We need people in corporate America to do the right thing. We need people to go out there and do the right thing and set the right testimony so people can see that. Uh, I did that when I was there. Uh, I, th- everybody in that plan out at Lexus Nexus knew I was a Christian. Everybody. There wasn't nobody. If, if they didn't know that I was a Christian, they didn't know me. And I'm not bragging about That's just what I did. I mean, I went around telling people about Jesus. As a matter of fact, they would ask me as I was going, I'd go past doors and say, Elliot, come here, man. I'd go back and say, yeah, what do you want? I think they want me to go find fiber optic cable somewhere. Or hey, tell us something about Jesus. I could sit in there for 45. It's a blessing to be a tech sometimes. You can waste more time than you can do. You can just sit there. We spend all day surfing and in five minutes actually getting something done. But what we do in five minutes is worth the whole day's work to them, I guess, because they gave us all Internet. I don't know. What. The right target for desire is Jesus. The well into which we dip our bucket is Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but his water well goes. I remember that lady at the well, man. He said, if you'd have known, you'd ask. She said, OK, give me. Give me of that well so I don't have, still thinking water. And then all of a sudden he says, uh, go get your husband. Now, what kind of question is that? What kind of answer is that to that question? She goes, well, I don't have it. He goes, you're right. He goes, you've been married five times. Go get. <laughs> and she takes out Dodge. She goes, that guy knows. He's been reading my thoughts, man. Who told him about, he just came here. How could he possibly? That's the Lord. And all of a sudden she knew exactly who that was. She said, come and see a man that told me everything I've ever done. All he said was, hey, you have five husbands. How could he possibly have said everything? That lady, her mind started going, and the Holy Spirit got a hold of that thing, and pretty soon she's getting convicted of everything she ever do, and she's giving him the credit. I like that, man. You know what? The thing to do is spill your guts right to him and get it all over the floor and let him cover it up. And He says, ask and you shall receive, man. Get the blood. Knock at the door. You know when, when David got there and says, one thing have I desired of the Lord. It's the right door to knock at. You can't find a better door than that door. It's the right bank to draw upon, too. <laughs> I don't know about you, but man, for 65 years, actually the last 43, uh, his pockets have never run dry. Uh, I've had Beth a couple times worried about stuff. And I said, God, don't worry about it. I, I just don't care. Uh, if we have to get rid of something, we'll get rid of it. And he's always worked it out. Somehow he's just never, he's always provided everything I've ever needed. I, I'm not saying that he will do that for you. I just, he did that for me. And my needs aren't great either. I mean, he's provided this stuff. You know what he'll do a lot of times? He'll give you talent to do something and then expect you to do something with the talent he just gave you. And if you'll do that, you'll find out you can save tons of money. I was in a store the other day. And uh, you learn lessons all the time. But I was in a store and, and this black guy was in front of me. And he was a pretty funny black guy. I liked him, man. He was, he was cool as anything. He's buying five cigars. Six, six. And he wanted this one. I didn't know you could buy individual cigars at Speedway. These are little bitty ones. They look like the Clint Eastwood ones. That's what. So anyways, he was, he was, I want this one. And the poor kid behind the counter 
knew absolutely nothing about smoking. He didn't smoke. So he, this black guy was trying to tell him uh, what, the, what the thing was, and the kid was bringing him back. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I'll, this one has to have a wood tip on it. Those have to have plastic tips on These have to be the wine kind. This has to be this kind. Finally, he got them all right. And I'm sitting there going, how much are those? I mean, I had to wait like 10 minutes for him to finally get all of them. I'm the next in line. I, my coffee's getting cold. You know, I'm done drinking. I'm going to go get another cup if you keep this up. I said, but, but we're sitting here, and, and he goes, they're $1.85 a cigar. I said, $1.85 a cigar for that little thing? I said, I said man, when I was in the Navy. Did you ever know I was in the Navy? <laughs> and he goes up. I said, I, I remember a time when I was in the Navy back in, I, I used to smoke Marlboro Lights, and I threw them away. The guy, the kid behind the thing said, that's a good thing that you quit smoking. I said, yeah, but it was $3 a carton. Yeah. And the guy goes, you know how much it is right now? He goes, $77 a carton. And I'm like, $77 a carton? I said, I quit smoking in 85. And I said, in 1985, if, if I'd have kept smoking, let's just say at that rate, I smoked about a pack and a half, maybe two packs a day. That would be every five days a carton would go away. So I'd go through probably five cartons a month. At $77 a carton, that is uh, $75, $75, $73, $375 a month times 12 months. Somebody's figuring this out for me probably, but that's $3,000, $3,500 a, a year times 35 years. Of, that's some bucks, man. And Lord says, aren't you glad you listened to me back there? And I said, yeah, I had no idea that cigarettes would be that expensive. Three I was paying 30 cents a pack, and I thought that was high. And I still had all the money in the whole wide world. He says, you want to draw some money off me? He said, quit this. You know why he tells you to quit something? You know when I quit that, drinking went away, that went away? You know how much drinking is? I don't even know what a drink is right now, man. I'd be afraid to go into a bar. First of all, I'd probably get hit by lightning. But the next thing is that how much somebody actually pays for a drink. And I quit all that stuff. So smoking and drinking and all the other stuff goes together and the car wrecks and all the other stuff that you have. All the money that I saved over the years, I can't believe it, man. And he goes, you wonder why you're living in the house you're living in? You don't have to go out and make money in this world. All you have to do is quit doing the stuff you shouldn't be doing anyways. Man, I couldn't believe it. That black guy, when he walked away and said, that's a good idea, you quit that stuff. Man, I wouldn't, I hate paying that much money. But he'll go out and spend that much money on him. Our desires of the Lord should be, it should be a humble, you should have, you should go humbly to the Lord. Come on, man. I mean, you're talking to God. You're talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. How can anybody, I love it when they get, I just got over into Daniel, and Daniel's sitting there talking. Next thing you know, he's down on his knees like this. And somebody has to grab him, and they put him up on all fours. And he's standing there looking like this. And the, and the Lord, you know, this angel Lord sitting there talking to him, saying, hey, you, in the Daniel suit, get up on your feet. And Daniel gets up on his feet, and he's still got his head down, and, and the Lord's sitting there talking to him. He immediately, and he said, Daniel, a man well-beloved. That's his, that's the first place that man went. You know what our problem is, is we said, hey, hey Lord, I, I think you should talk to me now. It's, it's uh, time, I need this, 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 and when you get time, I need this over here too. You never hear Daniel do that. The Lord was just starting to spill out on Daniel, telling him, it's just blowing him away. Humble, sanctified, constant, submissive of the Lord. David was always, he was, he was just right with God. 
And it is well if, with the psalmist in, in the thing, you get into one mode with God. That's what you want to do, just one mode. David, we'll go on with this verse. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Are you seeking it? One reason David had it is he sought. He sought the Lord with all his heart. He sought. He sought. The Lord said, David's a man after my own heart. Why? Because David's seeking it. You know, any one of us can get that. I'm going to slow down here because if I, I'm going to go on faster because otherwise. A holy desire must lead to a resolute action. You've got to have a holy desire. You've got to have a desire that, hey, I want to be more like God. Your life can never change until you get that. Brethren, what I'm trying to say is this world is crazy today. And if you sit here and keep looking at this world, it'll drive you insane. What you need to do is get a single view on Jesus Christ, get a single desire on him, and just go after that and don't care what happens in the world. Do everything that you're supposed to do on a daily basis the way God told you to do it, and let the rest of it go. And what God wants, he'll direct your path right down through the thing. It'll, it'll work every time. Uh, the old Proverbs said, wishes and, and wooders are never good housekeepers. You know what's wrong with a lot of people? Is they talk, 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 never do anything with what they're talking. They never do it. They just talk. You know what? I'd rather hear somebody say, I'm going to go do this, and they go do it. And I'm going to go do this, and they go do it. And I'm going to go do this, and they go do it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Even if you don't want to do it and you don't like doing it, do it anyways because you said you were going to do it. Especially if somebody comes up and says, you said you were going to do this. I remember, man, I was driving down the road one day. Sarah was with me. She probably still remembers this. You remember that? We was going to Odd Lots, and I said I was going to go get you. Oh, no, I said I was going to get you something one day. I forgot when I told her that part. She remembered it, though. We're driving down the road, and we passed Odd Lot, or what's, a, what's that store, Odd Lot? Is it Odd Lot? Big Lots. And she goes, she's sitting over in the driver's You remember that? Yeah, look at it. She said, remember, don't think anybody ever forgets anything. She's sitting there, and the she's a little girl, man, a little bitty girl. And she goes, you remember when you said you were going to? I'm like, we go, and I go get whatever she wanted, man. She could have had anything that day. I'm like, how could she remember that? She did. I never forgot it. It's still in my mind. Apparently, she has never forgot it. She's got it, too. You still got what I got? I don't even know what you got, man. She got something. But it was right. She said, you said one day. You know what? Sometimes these little children, they expect, they hear us say something, and we just say it off the cup, and they really think you're going to do it. They really think we're going to have camp this year. They really do. They, they think because they think we said we've done, when we've done done it the last four, five, six, seven, eight years, how many years we've done They think we're going to do it. You know what that means? You got to do it. You got to do it. Well, I don't want to do it. I'm, oh, man, man, I'm glad. I'm so glad we don't have kids at the house anymore other than Esther. She's not a kid anymore, but, man, I'm glad that the other kids all got houses where she can go to their houses. But I, I, I watch you moms and dads little, with these little ones. I'm like, praise God, I don't have to do that no more. I said, man, I said, I didn't do a very good job the first time. I definitely wouldn't do it the second time. Desires are the seeds that must be sown in good soil. It has to be. One thing have I desired. What is the one thing you desire more than anything else? I desire to the Lord. That will I seek after. Here's what is desired, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. I like that, man. I just like, I like, I like church. I always, uh, from the time, I never did like the Catholic church. There's a lot of reasons for that, because uh, it never made no sense to me. And there's a lot of other churches I was in and out of up till 1984, until I figured out what I was wanting to be. I told somebody the other day, I said, I'm a Baptist, because all the rest of them were messed up. And the Baptists aren't all squared away, but, but some of them are. And then some of them are getting closer, and, and they're trying. And I said, but if they ever change really, really bad, I'll change too. 
uh, I'll get away from it, but I like, I like, I come down to the Baptist churches and they believe the most good Baptists believe that the Bible's the word of God, the King James Bible's the word of God. I don't have a problem with that. I can, they're like-minded. I can get together with them. And I told somebody, I said, that's why I'm a Baptist, man. It's because I like this thing. I, I want to seek after it. Once I found it, I'm in it. I don't play games with it. It's nothing to play games with. This is my life. It isn't because I'm pastor. If I can sit in the church, every turns over and they let me still sit in the church, I'll sit in the pew. I don't care. I just want to be in church. Am I in church every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday? No. But I tell you what, when I can, you know what David wanted to be? In church. That's what he wanted to be. Now, you wonder how David became a man after God's own heart? That's how. It isn't, it isn't rocket science here, brethren. It's time and effort. Time and effort. If you don't put the time and effort in, you'll never get close to God. He'll show you little things. Then he'll show you another little thing. And then pretty soon they'll get bigger and bigger, and you'll learn how to trust him. You know what David did here? He trusted him. He said, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days. You know what David wanted? He had a single thought in his mind. And I'm going to rule. God's going to put me in charge of something I shouldn't be in charge of. And he's going to make me lead something I shouldn't be leading. But as long as he's with me, I'll do. And then you start catching him every time he goes to fight. Lord, should I go up or should I not? Go up. Lord, should I go up or should I not? Don't. Go this way and come back around this way. Lord, should I do this? No. He did something wrong. He said, Lord, I messed up. Lord said, yeah, you did. He got spanked. You know what he did? He didn't get mad at God. He just kept going. He got back up, and, and even if he messed up bad, he did something one time called 70,000 people their lives. 70,000 people died just like that because of David. You know what the Lord told him? He said, get up, boy, let's go. You know what David did? He got up and he said, okay. He did exactly what God said do. Brother, sometimes it isn't going to work out right. It's just not going to work out. My mom's sitting down there right now. Man, she was sitting here the other day. She goes, they let me out. And she's losing her mind, I think. I don't know. Uh, this is drugs or something. I have no idea what it is yet. I'm going to call the nurses this afternoon. But they th she thought they, she, they left her in a barn the other night. Forgot all about it. I mean, it's a top-rate five-star uh, uh, hotel. Or hotel. It's a, a place where she can recover. And it's a real nice place. But she thought they, that they had stuck her out in a barn somewhere and left her out there all night long. And then uh, Beth called her today, and, and she was in a, uh, they left her out at a bus station in the rain waiting for a cab. I'm like, where do you even get these things at? You've been watching too much TV and it's stored in the back of your head and it's starting to come out. But uh, she'll be all right. I think once she gets off the drug, she'll be okay. I hope she is anyways. Uh, but I'm not, I told Beth, I said, don't let none of that bother you. You know why? Here's the deal. I've been telling my mom for the last 10 years. I said, mom, one of these days, this is going to happen. One of these days, this is going to happen. You need to move up here and we'll take care of you. I can't be up there with you. I'm Catholic. You're Baptist. And you, 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 hate, you hate Catholics. I said, no, I don't hate Catholics. I do hate the Catholic Church. I said, but, but I don't hate Catholics. I said, and I'll take you to church every day. I'll take her to, I would take her to the Catholic Church and drop her off. <gasps> you would? Yeah, I would. I said, now, coming picking you up might be a little late. But I said, I, I, I will definitely drop you off. Well, you might not like me dropping you off that early either. Uh, because they don't have Sunday school. They just have mass. So... I'd have to drop her off like at 9.30, and I'd be back maybe 1 or 2. So she would be staying at a bus stop waiting for a train or whatever. He goes, I'm that I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's what his main fellowship was with the king. His, his main, who's your main fellowship with today? You know what the problem with most of us are? We get our fellowships with the wrong people, and those people start affecting us. 
And I, I'm like, no. I told my brother, I said, look, I, I said, Danny, I, I, I love you, man, but I wouldn't want to be around you. I wouldn't want to be around nobody like you. I said, I quit. I, it's not that I'm ridiculing you. You choose what you want to be. I choose what I want to be and who I want to hang out with. And you're not the one I want to hang out with. Boy, he got all mad about that. I'm sorry, man. You don't want to hang out with Jesus. And if you don't want to hang out with Jesus, I don't want to hang out with you either. It's just that it. I, that's who I like to hang out with. Uh, we get stuff done, but it's all around the Lord. I just want to stay around the Lord. David wanted to be around king, and that was King Jesus. He wanted to be in the household of God with the God-raised God children. That's where he wanted to be, and he was. He goes, I'm going to finish this up. He goes, one thing am I desired. That's what David, this is David. This is our, our, the man after God's own heart. This is the king that's going to be back in the millennium. This is him right here. This is the one the Lord's going to set up. He goes, one thing, he started out as a little kid, grew all the way, 70 years old, still loving God, man, when the day he died. Got to watch his son pick up and take off the kingdom. And, and David goes out into eternity. One thing about desire to the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David was there when he died. You know what? That's my desire is right there. I want to make it. I've heard preacher after preacher say, man, I just want to make it to the end. Man, I just want to make it through the day. <laughs> but if I can make it through the end, that'd be great too. Uh, but if I do every day at a time, guess what? I'm going to make it to the end. David said, my desire, my goal is to make it to the end. David made it to the end. Did he have f faults and problems? Of course he did. You know what he did? He got right with God and moved on. He never got bitter at God. Bitterness is a, is a sin, man. You got to get that stuff out of your life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. You ever got to the beauty of God? I'm going to be two little things here. I'm done. Have you ever seen God's hand in nature? I mean, you go out there and look. The blade of grass still freaks me out, man. I know we cut it, but it gets bigger. And you cut it, and it gets bigger. And you cut it, and it gets bigger. And you cut it, and you get bigger. You think it would get rebellious and just die. And it don't, man. It just keeps growing. It's like, you can't stop me. And the sun is always just beating down on it, and it grows, and you have to cut it. You wear out more lawnmowers than you will the grass. People say, oh, no, no. Everything we make, we'll tear up, and it'll still grow. Long after we're gone, it'll still be there. Honeysuckle, it just marvels me about honeysuckle, man. That stuff comes from nowhere. I found out where it comes from. Poison ivy. Mike, oh, it's such a blessing, man. He goes, I took all the poison ivy out away from that box so you could work on it. Well, I really appreciate that, man. <laughs> I can see me itching like this all over the place. I would never go back up there again. To behold the beauty of his temple. You know, you come in and sometimes I'll sit back there and I'll just hear him sing up here. And, and you know, we, you, we, brother, we got a lot, for the size of this church, we got a lot of singers. We got a lot of musicians. We got a lot of music. And Adam Jesse's gone. Uh, Y'all just pray for them. They're in, out of God's will right now, but uh, no, they're having fun. They'll be back tonight. But even when they left, we still have singers all across this board that can do singing. And, and, all, and I'll sit right back here, man, and they'll start singing a song. And I'm, I'm just sitting there, man, half, about halfway ready to start crying because the, the songs just kind of make my mind think about Jesus Christ. And, and it's what he's done. And I've never forgotten 43 years into this thing, and he's been here the whole time. And, and he's always been wherever I've been. He's been right there with me. And 
And the hardest times I ever had to be, he was right there with me. He went through everything with me. He never, he never let me go through something by myself. Sometimes he withdrew himself a little bit away from me, and I had to sit there and seek him and find him. Like you get over in Song of Solomon, and he just kind of disappears off the side. He's not far. He's, he's still watching. He's like up on the side of the mountain when they're out there toiling in the lake and the water's throwing them all over the place. He's up there watching everything they're doing. He goes, ah, I can walk out there anytime I want. As a matter of fact, I don't really have to walk out. I can sit up there and say, peace, be still, and the water would have died right there. He just walked out there to freak him out is all he did. He goes, oh, watch this, Lord. Hey, Father, watch this. He's walking in the water. And he gets out there, and, and he gets in a boat. He says, peace be still, and the water just poof, right down. You say, what is that? That's the Lord. He's with you the whole time. 43 years. It's not just back there. He's with you today. He's with you everywhere you go. You know why you should watch what you say and what you do? Because he's with you all the time. It's an it's a earthly, man, I tell you, it's for worshipers, man. It's not just for lost people, man. Church is for us. And to inquire at his temple. The very last thing there. David, David knew the importance of his church. He knew the importance of the temple back there to him. But for us, brother, you cannot make the church something in your life that's just there. Uh, if you really want to get a hold of God and you want him really in your life and you want a successful life, a victorious life, you're going to have to put some things in your life that, that he gave you, and the church is one of them. Uh, David knew the importance of church in his life. Church isn't for sinners alone. It's for us. You know why I like coming to church? I like you guys. I do the stuff I do for, to help you guys out. I know you do the stuff you do to help me out. We do stuff for each other to help each other out. That's the best we can. Uh, most people call me up to say, hey, can you come help me? I don't charge nobody to come help me. Mike, Mike makes that lady pay me up there, but I'd go up there. Wouldn't I come up there and do it for free? If he called me and told me he needed something, I'd go do it for him. I don't charge him for that. I may be thinking in the background, I hope he pays me, I hope he pays me. Uh -huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I'm telling you, man, you know what? You, I just like to be around Christians. I'd rather be around you guys than anybody else. David knew the church is where he would get the understanding. You know, this is where I got everything. I can still name times, man. I was in a church in Greenville, North Carolina, or South Carolina, wherever it's at. And me and Beth got off the road, and... And we were looking for church, and I knew it was 7 o'clock's coming. I got to get in church, got to get in church, got to get in church. Nobody would have known but Beth. And believe me, Beth is as sneaky as anybody else. We still got some of them egg things at the house in the freezer. And she goes one night, she goes, nobody will know. Can we eat one? I'll eat half and you eat half. I'm like, no, because you want the peanut butter one. And I don't want peanut butter. I want the, I want, but uh, and I'm like, she, she would, oh, man, she was, she's just as sneaky as I am. But she didn't. She was strong. Because I wouldn't eat the other half. And since I wouldn't do it and I wouldn't get in her sin with her, she just wouldn't do it. But however, comma, <laughs> she's off her diet now. She can do it. Yeah, she's probably going to eat one right in my face. Uh, that's not right either. But, but you know what? We got off that thing and we went to the, nobody had known we wouldn't go to church that night. Nobody knew it. The Lord would. And we got off the road, and I went down the left, uh, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, uh, and right in front of me is a church that's closed on Wednesday nights, a Southern Baptist church. I'd have went there, but the Lord knew. I, I didn't need to go there. i go this way, go up there and sit in the balcony, and the guy starts preaching, and I can still tell you what that sermon is tonight. That was, that was 1990, and I can still tell you what that sermon was. And I can still take you to the passages. I never wrote it down. I know exactly what that man said. You know what the Lord did? He put about 14 things together in my mind right there. And I'm like, whoa. Well, I'm sure glad I went to church tonight. 
It wasn't even my church. I don't think my church would have ever been able to do that. <laughs> but he did it. David knew the church is where you get the understanding. The will of God, you know what you get at church? You understand what the will of God and how you can do it. You watch other people. You know why I like watching other people? Because I see how they get through things, and then they show me how to get through it. I joined the Navy, and there was a chief, senior chief in our boot camp. And I looked down there and said, that's the senior chief. You say, how do you know? Because he's, he's got khakis on, and all the rest of us got dungarees, blue, blue jeans. And he's, he's a chief. That's what he is. He's a chief. And he's got one star up here. That makes him a senior chief. That's a chief. That's what I want to be as a chief. You know I knew how to get, become a chief? I listened to chiefs. And I listened to officers tell me how to be chief. And once I, once I listened, I did exactly. They never asked me to do anything wrong. They just told me what the key was. I did what they told me, and I made chief. You know what? You know, if I want to do what the Lord says, do all you got to do is do what he says. That's what David did. David just wanted to please God. You know what he did? He ended up being king. What, you, what are you doing tonight? Are you worried about the future? I tell you, I know somebody who will take care of your problem for you. He can meet every need you have. And he says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. If I have learned one thing in 43 years of being saved is that he can do whatever he wants. I, don't have, I have desires and sometimes my desires may not always be in line with what the Lord wants me to do. And I have to petition him and drop him in his lap and let him deal with him. And I watch after a period of time, he'll start focusing those things down. And then he'll show me exactly what to do. And I'll say, okay, Lord, that's what I need to do right there. That's, that, that's one of my desires. He, he never throws things on you that really isn't in your heart to start with. Are you fearful about tomorrow? There's a song I, I love, man. I, Psalm 27.5, that whole passage I just read to you ends up with Psalm 27.5. For in time of trouble. You know why one thing about desire you do all that stuff? Because there's going to come a day of trouble. And the Lord is the only one going to get you through that day of trouble. And that day of trouble, I believe, is on us. They keep talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I don't even know. I mean, they, they talk about gas going up. I'm like, if you're going to drive a car, who cares? Get in it, put a gas in it. If you don't drive it, leave it in the parking lot. Who cares? I mean, walk, hitchhike. Probably be better for us if we all walked. Uh, this diet thing is crazy, man. I mean, if I can do something other than this diet and, and exercise would do it, that's maybe what I need to do. But, but if, if we're going to work, who cares if it's $5? There was a day you, you were in wagons and horses. It doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. You know what you got to do? Say, okay, Lord, I'm going to prepare for when that day comes. And I'm going to get as close as you as I can. And then when it comes, it just comes. For, the, for in time of trouble, he shall hide thee. Hide me in his pavilion. David knew it. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. 1980 on the back porch a little bit. I got on a rock. And I've been on that rock ever since. And there's been times where I kind of wanted to get off the rock. And the Lord says, do you really want to get off that rock? And I'm like, no, no. And you get back on. And sometimes on that rock isn't the, isn't the, the most fun position in the whole wide world. Rocks are hard. However, comma, it's stable and firm. And I've never had a problem with that rock for 43 years. That's the greatest rock. That song, and I, I, I have it in some of my other sermons. It goes, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live for day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine. 
For its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future. For I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him. For he knows what lies ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Every step is getting brighter. As the golden stairs I climb, every burden's getting lighter, every cloud. Man, I don't know about yours, but I just see silver all around me. As a matter of fact, I see silver and gold everywhere, man. That's all I see anymore. Every cloud is silver lined. There the sun is always shining. There's no tear will dim the eye. At the end of the rainbow, and it ain't one of them other rainbows either, <laughs> where the mountains touch the sky, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Do you know who holds your hand today? I do. It's Jesus Christ. I'll tell you right now, it is Jesus Christ, and he's going to get you through. You got problems today? Everybody's got problems. You got fears? You know who's going to get you through this thing? Jesus Christ. You know what David found out? That it's the Lord that will get you through. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, what a blessing it is to know that no matter how bad it gets, uh, there's no new thing under the sun. Lord, it's, it's been this bad before. And, Lord, it's probably been worse a lot of times more than this. Lord, we still haven't had people hang up... Uh, like they did in Rome where they put them up on the poles and burn them at the stake to light the street corners. Lord, we haven't had that. Lord, there's so many things that we haven't had in this country that uh, we'll never, maybe never see, Lord. But, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to keep in our hearts and our minds that you hold the keys to everything. And, Lord, uh, there's nothing that will happen without you. And, and, Lord, you can make anything happen. And you will protect us and take care of us and watch over us. And, Lord, thank you for loving us and caring for us. And thank you for dying on the cross at Calvary. And Lord, 2,000 years later, we could trust you as our Lord and Savior. Is there anyone in this room today that doesn't know you as Jesus Christ, as their personal Savior? I pray that they come to know you today. And Father, again, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.